The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this morning, and if you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you'd like to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, scroll down on the right side of the page. Yes, we are pre-recording this. I'm live here now, but we're pre-recording, and um, you'll see that Bradley's going live uh, on Thursday, today, and uh, in the section under him, that's where we'll be live. You'll see that. Blow it up. Uh, click on the platform that's there. Join us in the chat. Lots of friends there in the chat with us each day, and we appreciate your support so much. And then where Bradley is, you see him going live now. That will be sort of stationary, and you can watch the show from today if you missed it, which is Thursday. 
And I know that gets confusing. It gets confusing for me when I have to do when I do the pre-records and trying to do it. It throws me off a little bit. Anyway, right above that is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Again, we don't rent your email, sell it, or spam it. You get one email from us a day. And uh, that includes the morning show archive. So all that we're going to talk about today, including some documentation, some other things, that will be available to you in an article format. All the links are there. You can click on them. You can check them out and uh, take a look at those things. If you had questions, you want to share any bits of those, that'll be available to you. And finally, if you would like to help us with what we do here at the Sons of Liberty, we never ask you for money. But uh, it does cost money. It costs quite a bit to do Internet, radio, and then to travel in and around the 50 states in teaching people our Christian and constitutional heritage. So if you'd like to help us do that, you can make a one-time donation. The button is at the top of SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty. That link is also at the top of the page. And then our store is available. Lots of great conversation starters, T-shirts, hats, um, books to equip you. All kinds of stuff in there that you can you can get out of the store. And in large measure, we don't make any money off of that. In fact, sometimes we end up losing money. But we do that for you guys. And this week we're highlighting for the children book, Bradley's wife, Stephanie, put this book together. You know, a lot of those people who want to stop their ears when you talk about the murder of the unborn. Um, well, the you know, one of the things is, is if people want to stop their ears, you have to tell it to their eyes. So this is a small little book. You can fit it in your pocket. Uh, it's a little thick. It's about, I don't know, thick as your little finger, right? High-quality paper on there, words and pictures to show you what abortion does to little babies, okay? And if you've been wanting to get these, these are normally $10 a piece. If you want to get them now through Saturday, midnight, uh, if you use the promo code ABOLISHABORTION, one word, ABOLISHABORTION, you can get 30% off of these. And it's it's a good deal so that you can you can get one. Maybe you share it with somebody who's who's contemplating um, you know killing their child uh, that's in the womb, or maybe you got some representatives in your area that you want to have some influence on. You want to get some of these and put it in their hands and show them exactly what abortion does. Uh, it is not a blob of tissue that they're getting rid of. The Bible tells us that God has written our parts in His book that He knew us before we were formed in the womb, and um, I, I mean. It's murder, it, the plain and simple. And there is no law that protects it. There's a Supreme Court ruling everybody wants to point to. That's not law under our Constitution. So if you want to do that, abolish abortion is the promo code to use in the store. You get 30% off. Do it before Saturday at midnight, and uh, you'll be good to go. Okay? All right. Now, we've got a special guest on. Last, what will be, um, we're going to air this on Monday. This will be Monday. And so it'll be this week for me now. Last week for when this airs, okay? And we had a story come out. I, I ran across a Facebook post um, of a young lady who was telling about an experience she had in Texas. She's going to be telling us about that. And I put this out. The unvaxxed FEMA nurses are now replacing Texas nurses who refuse the vax because of the, the alleged mandate, the unlawful mandates uh, that... Not only Biden has talked about, now we're hearing that his Labor Department, which is unconstitutional too, is going to be putting out, but the hospitals are putting them out. They're, all of these people are in violation of state, federal uh, laws, and the Nuremberg Code. And she told her story in about 15 minutes. We've got the video here. And it's my privilege to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, Andy Gonzalez. Good morning, Andy. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And it's got, it's, it's, it's good to have you with us. And you've got some real, I mean, 
I was surprised when I put this story out that at least on the on my site and then on Sons of Liberty, it really didn't take hold. And I, I know they're censoring us heavily. My site, my personal site, was on the Google blacklist. And I know that Sons of Liberty has been uh, being censored by Facebook, Google, and the like since about 2014. But it some of these things sometimes get through, and people get them out any way they can, and it hasn't. But it has gone pretty well over it before its news, where we also are on the top of the page there broadcasting live. But you got some bombshell stuff here with... It looks like an inequality under the law going on. Can you tell people a little bit about yourself first, and then tell your story as to the information that you obtained by just simply asking some questions of a nurse in front of a charter bus? Yes, it's such an honor to be with you, Tim. This is something I've never even imagined. (laughs) Um, So a little bit about me. I've been a swim coach, a gymnastics coach in the North Texas area for about 25 years now. I started coaching when I was 15, so do the math. (laughs) Um, Well, you're still a young lady, still a young lady. Yes. I always like to say I'm 26 forever. So, (laughs) but no, I'll actually be 40 in November. Um, But really I have been a truth seeker since about 2003. And um, I started researching vaccines and all the things back in 2001, because I had a coach, uh, well, as a coach, I got a special needs uh, class and, you know, in our generation, uh, special needs was, uh, you know, physical disability usually where you could see something present. And um, really, I found out with this special needs class that I wasn't seeing any physical disability. So I just, you know, candidly asked the questions to the parents, you know, maybe I'm ignorant. Can you please inform me? Um, what is the disability that I'll be, you know, I, I don't understand. And every single parent, um, and I, tr- I try not to get emotional, but it is emotional because every single parent had the same story after their kid was vaccinated with the MMR after about 15 month vaccination schedule, they clearly declined. And I saw pictures before and afters and everything. They clearly declined into, uh, a, a neurology, a neurology, I'm sorry neurological disease called autism. And the reason I bring up neurological disease is because, uh, you know, there have been several doctors who have said, no, they're not linked. They're not linked because they changed the language. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, Changing the language. Um, And so anyways, a little bit about me. I love to research. I love to um, find out about what's going on and just ask the questions. I, I was never just that kid that you could tell me something and I just believed you. (laughs) So I know how that is. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I know how that, I know exactly how that is. And I, I was, I'm always been inquisitive. I ask a question and then that spawns another question. And I have to ask another question just so, because I want to get it right. And some people give me a hard time about that. They said, Tim, you just want to be right all the time, don't you? Well, I don't know anybody that wants to be wrong. We want to ask questions. We, that's how we learn. Uh, So I think that's a good thing. And you know, this autism issue, I, I would highly recommend, and I'll send you the link, you know, after we do the interview, my friend, Carrie Rivera, She's been run out of the country. The FDA went after her. Uh, she had went over into Germany. She's helped tons of families. Her son had autism from a vaccine, and she's used chlorine dioxide. And she says the what what happens to the kids using chlorine dioxide is absolutely amazing. They're 
I forget the, the letters they use for the autism numbers, but she said they drop significantly. You can't even tell they have autism. So it's there are there are means, but the FDA doesn't want to use it because there's no money in the big pharma for it, uh, and it's a natural compound. It doesn't have any you know real side effects or anything like that. So I'll, I'll get you that information, and we know that they've hid that information. They shredded documents to hide the fact there was a link, and you put your finger on something that I've said often on this show. When socialism comes in, it begins to manipulate the language. They're now trying to redefine vaccines. Uh, to cover for this gene-altering therapy shots that they're giving now. So with that said, and that's part of what we're going to be talking about, what was the story that you had? You you went to see a friend at the hospital there in Texas, and you saw this, what you thought was a strange sight. There's a charter bus parked in front of the emergency part of the, the hospital. Can you tell us a little bit about, walk us through that as to what went on there? Sure. So um, a dear friend of mine, um, he, his name is Michael and the wife is Carmen and they're amazing people. I met them last year at a speaker's center in Austin. Uh, Michael uh, has uh, diabetes and he was suffering from a diabetic ep- episode. And so uh, we went to visit him in the hospital Thursday night, I'm sorry, Wednesday night of last week. And so we noticed that there was a charter bus outside the hospital right in front of the emergency entrance. And I just was, that's very curious to me. So I wanted to understand what was going on. I didn't know if maybe, I don't know, maybe they had a party that day. Who knows? I was trying to be positive, but then I also saw a nurse standing outside of, I saw a nurse standing outside of the charter bus. So I'm like, oh, well, maybe this is different. Anyways, I would have never expected to find out this one was a FEMA nurse. Um, and I asked about vaccines and requirements and stuff because we have been protesting in Texas about vaccine mandates. Um, although I will update you on this. Governor Abbott has said there is no business or government entity that can require a vaccine. However, um, if you follow Anyone in Baylor Hospital, like Baylor Scott White in McKinney or Frisco, I have met several nurses and doctors at these protests. They have till November 1st to get a vaccine or find a new job. So it's clear that this, he may say uh, the government, the government or the governor is saying there's a ban on this. Um, I'm pretty sure, first of all, mandates and executive orders and bans and all of these things, they're not legal language. That's and right. every business in Texas right now has, uh, call, we're called an at-will employment state. That means they don't have to give you a reason to deny your employment, um, even if you, I mean, or refuse you as a customer or refuse you as employment. I mean, they don't have to give you a reason. A lot of people were upset about that because they think the Civil Rights Act of 1964 should apply to this. I agree and I don't agree because again, um, government overreach is just horrendous right now. Um, I, I thought that our government before, okay, just again, I was never political, uh, not until March of 2020. And you know, understanding the politics of this, that our government was supposed to protect our liberties and our freedoms. That's why we elected our officials to do that. 
it is no longer like that right now. Um, and JPS is a major hospital in Fort Worth. Um, my friend, uh, Tracy just called me and said, Andy, I'm on my way to protest at JPS, or I'm going to try and get, um, I'm going to try and find out some information because there's a charter bus there right now. FEMA nurses are working in JPS right now. Um, so the way it goes, as far as I'm understanding, is in um, there's a bill that got passed, and it was June 16th of 2021, and the bill is called Senate Bill 968. It kind of went under the radar, especially with a lot of our activist groups. Because the bill is under business and commerce. Um, some of the taglines on this don't even include, I mean, not until you get into the language of the bill do you understand that it's talking about uh, vaccine passports, public health, public health emergencies. Um, and so you're like, okay, well, that's cool, whatever. It went right under the radar. And this is why I think we're dealing with such a big problem right now in the fall. Because it was effective immediately. Um, this bill effectively changed all of the definitions. Um, if you go to page nine of the text of the bill, you'll find that public health emergency no longer means that it poses a risk, a, a, a high risk of death or serious harm. I mean, I'm sorry, death or serious long-term disability. Long-term disability has been redacted from it. And now it just says death or risk of death, okay? So high risk of death or serious harm. This is arbitrary language. We can't be using relative or abstract language to define law. This is very, very concerning. And this is why I bring it up because if you have, um, so the reason this is important is because this is how they're getting FEMA to come into our hospitals under this arbitrary high risk of death or serious harm or whatever. And so it's not just that, it's that the nurses and doctors are leaving because there's a contracting agency called Crucial Staffing that will offer nurses and doctors three to four times their pay. And they have in Crucial Staffing an emergency response team. You only have to take like a two hour FEMA course and then you can get your little government ID badge, and now you're a contracted nurse. But well, now, Andy, can, can I inter yeah. let me interject and yeah. ask a question? Because you you also put in, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this up just so people can see. I hope I can pull it up here. Yeah, I you also put in in some of your comments in the Facebook post, and I picked up on this that you had you had this article: Texas bans local nurses from quitting to work. Uh, FEMA crisis contracts in the state. In other words, they were telling them they couldn't work for FEMA. Is that right? Am I understanding that correctly? You're correct. So our okay. nurses that are in Texas, in our communities, cannot apply for these jobs. They are only allowed to, um, and they can't quit to apply unless they want to travel out of state. So if Texas wants to send nurses to New York through crucial staffing, well, then they get to leave Texas and go to New York. In the same way, crucial staffing in New York can take their, um, you know, medical per personnel. And if their medical personnel want to travel to Texas under this contract, they can do so and make three to four times more. 
But the, the, the whole thing is um, in the Senate Bill 968, it directly says that they can do, a, a, it's a governmental a, a entity in this state, that's the clause, in this state may not issue a vaccine passport or vaccination certification or all these things. So that's that's the clause that really is the um, kicker here, which means in this state, no governmental entity in this state may issue. So they'll issue it through another state uh, worker. I mean, but they still have to get a Texas certification. That was another thing I noticed on staffing, uh, crucial staffing, is that Texas also would have contracts with, um, and I haven't found all of the literature on this. So if you want to help me out with that, because I've been digging (laughs) and um, yeah, there's a lot to it. But it's also important to understand these definitions, because if you go to the CDC, here's why I say this is socialized medicine. All right. There's a document called in the CDC, um, interim, okay, under COVID-19, interim operational considerations for implementing the shielding approach to prevent COVID-19 infections in humanitarian settings. Okay, well, that doesn't sound so bad. I mean, they want to prevent it, right? Until you get into the, the language of it, and then they have an operational uh, situation here, level one. Okay, so th- this is how it's, it's uh, stated in, in the CDC's approach. Um, we will be looking at severe cases by limiting contact between individuals at higher risk of developing severe disease or high-risk individuals, the general population being low risk. But high-risk individuals would be temporarily relocated to safe or green zones. Established at a household, neighborhood, camp sector, or zone, community level, depending on the context and setting. They would have minimal contact with family members and other low-risk residents. Okay, so who gets to determine what high-risk is and what low-risk is when you have a bill stating that they don't even have to determine what high-risk is anymore? They don't even have to give you a, a medical... They don't even have to give you a medical definition anymore of what harm or risk of harm or, or potentially harmful risk is anymore. This yes. is, it's vague, it's vague uh, language so that they can put in whatever they want, right? It sounds to me very abstract. Again, very relative. I mean, what's harm to me may not be harm to you. And when we use, and, and that's why they were so careful when they started establishing certain emergency orders back in when we started the Stafford Act, and and I think it was it's obviously been amended many times. But um, I'll just go back to 1974 and their Stafford Act emergency. You know, the original purposes of it were really good, but when you manipulate language and you no longer include medical definitions and terms, like scratching out learn, long-term disability and just using the word potential harm or harm, Ser- uh, you know, risk. Of death. I mean, it, there's a high risk of death when you drive a car, or you know, walk is, down the road, or, or lie in your bed. I mean, people die in their sleep. Right, and then the fact that you know, for I mean, this is this is not even disputed. Ninety nine point 
6% of people, and I'm going on the low end here, are fine recovering from COVID-19. It's so we are literally living out this language where a government is saying you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to wear a mask, you have to wear, uh, you have to get a vaccine, you have to social distance for a disease that is not even affecting 99.6% of the entire global population. This is where we're at, guys. Yep. And and on top of that, let's let's hit what is affecting them. I just got word today. I had a uh, story up, and I I hope I haven't lost that because I, I wanted to bring this to the light too. Um, there, and I think I probably have lost it. I don't know. But oh no, here it is. Uh, m- this is from Taiwan. More people have now died after taking the shot them from the virus. Now, we knew this was coming, and we had a report out yesterday by Dr. Robert Young, who was saying millions of people worldwide have been have died after receiving these shots, not from the convids. And by the way, we've had Dr. Andrew Kaufman on, uh, Kate Shimarani comes on every Saturday, and they've said, look, we have no isolates And the CDC says it themselves. They don't have any isolates. Doctors have asked for them to where they've isolated the virus. They've never isolated this thing. So therefore, they haven't proven it exists. And so when I asked Dr. Kaufman, I said, well, then what's making some of these people sick? He said, well, it could be a number of things. And I agree with him. It could be. Um, But some of them have specific things that happen to them. So there's something that's going on. You know, my thoughts, we're not going to get off on a rabbit trail. My thoughts is this new 5G that's being rolled out has something to do with it. And several countries have actually put a put a ban on it to stop it from rolling out until they actually determine from independent sources, not from the companies rolling it out, that it is safe. But uh, but yeah, that's a problem too. Now you live in a state, Texas, that's considered quote unquote a conservative state. Uh, all the states should be considered constitutional. This right left paradigm, Republican Democrat, red blue stuff is a bunch of nonsense. We all live under the same law, and so I'm wondering. Where in the Texas Constitution or in the U.S. Constitution, I mean, Article 1 doesn't give any authority to our Congress to write law on health or science or fund it or any of that stuff, just like it does it for education, which it does illegally. Um, do you guys do you guys have something in your con in your constitution that says uh, the governor can do what he did here? He takes action to mitigate the rise in COVID nineteen cases in Texas. Now people are going to say, "Well, that's very nice. That's good that he's doing that. This is political." Well, people don't elect him to be political; they elect him to uphold the law, don't they? That's exactly right, and that's why um, you know whenever friends of mine, freedom fighters, activists of my free, uh, that that are in these movements here in Texas. When they would say, well, the governor bans, you know, masks in schools and in public places. And I said, but the problem is we shouldn't use the the mandates, even when it supports our our cause or our beliefs. We already have law in place and we should just be using the law. We shouldn't be allowing um, activists, even in Texas, to say, well, the government mandated this because then all it does is say the governor has the uh, authority to somehow write edicts and he doesn't even That's when right. it supports our food. Amen. So I don't care if it supports the opinion of the freedom fighters. It's the wrong approach. The right approach is to continue to support the constitution and the laws we already have in place. And um, I'll just go to one law right now. You know, we have, it was a big fight last year with these uh, masks and everything. And we've been speaking out and um, 
I just, the, the main problem of it all was in the Texas education code. We already had an education code, which, which says clearly it's in, if you want that one, it's Texas education code 37.0023. And it literally states that you cannot obstruct a child's airway, whether it be their nose or their mouth with a face mask, with a covering of any kind of face covering. Um, You cannot put a, anything over their face because it was labeled as mental psych. I mean, so you've got psychological, emotional, and physical abuse. These things were already determined. Now they're using it as they call it aversive, uh, prohibited aversive technique is where the section is, but it doesn't matter. The logic stands that it was obstructing the child's airway and it was not good for them either psychologically, emotionally, or physically. And they're pushing on them anyway, and weren't they? they are pushing it. They, yeah. they did. They, they mandated masks last year, and now Governor Abbott has switched his stance. Of course, we're coming up on what? Oh, yeah, we're coming up on election times, you know. Yeah. Well, he's a criminal. He, let, let's just put it the way he is. He's like the rest of them. He's a criminal, and he's looking to keep his position of power. And if people think I'm attacking a guy because he's in a wheelchair, that doesn't that has nothing to do with it. It has to do with his actions that he is a two-faced tyrant. That's what he is. And he's like many of these guys, they do that. But here's the thing. You've given us a bunch of the law here, and I'm glad that you've done that. I, this is something I just – I'm thrilled to see people doing, doing their due diligence, looking into things of their state because each state is a little bit different. But, but you agree with me that his job is not running around worrying about everybody's health because in Texas they still allow abortions, so they don't care about people's health. That's, that's clear. But, but what they're supposed to do is what the Bible calls them to. Romans 13, it says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God, the powers that are, are be ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. Now, Paul's not being... Uh, descriptive here of the current situation under Nero or under Caesar, but what he's saying is this is prescriptive. This is what God has said they're supposed to do, and uh, and and that if they are doing good, which you'll get on in a second, then you should submit to that. But if they're not, we're not to, to bow to the tyrants. Moses didn't bow to, to tyrant Pharaoh. Neither did John the Baptist to Herod. None of the prophets to the the wicked kings of Israel. Jesus didn't bow to them either. Uh, neither did the apostles. And he goes on and he says, "And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation." Now I was talking about good leadership. That's the prescriptive part. For rulers are not a terror to good works. I mean, if you're if you're obeying the law of God, if you're loving your neighbor, they shouldn't be a terror to you. But people who are doing good are living in fear for doing good. He says, but to evil. That's who it should be a fear towards. And then he says, wilt thou not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise from the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. And this is why I tell people character is very important in those that you elect to represent you. People tell me we're not electing a pastor-in-chief, you know, at a president. So what you're saying is you would have less morality out of your president than you would the pastor in your pulpit? What in the world's wrong with that thinking? So then he goes on and he says, um, But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil, wherefore ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. And so I think this is very important 
that we've got to be calling our representatives back to the fact that, look, you're to hold evildoers according to, to the creator's law. You're to hold them to justice, but you're to leave us people alone that we're just minding our business and living our lives. And unless we went out and stolen from somebody, we've uh, perjured ourselves, we've committed adultery, we've uh, murdered somebody or something like that, you're to leave us alone. You're not to be messing in our lives. And, uh, and so this all comes down to the situation that you're at. You know the law, and then you come up and you meet this nurse here at this charter bus. And in that, in that meeting, can you tell us what transpired there, uh, the, the bombshell that this lady dropped on you? Yeah, she, I mean, she was very clear. Um, I asked the question, you know, well, why are y'all being bussed in? And she said, well, because of the COVID surge and because there um, aren't enough doctors and nurses, they're leaving. And I said, could they be leaving because of being threatened with their jobs to either take the vaccine or, or leave? And she said, yeah, well, that is going on. And I said, okay. I said, is FEMA required to take a vaccine or, you know, what, what's FEMA requiring? And she said, oh, no, 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 it's a choice. Okay, so you're going to do this. And, and I said this in my video because it's, it's the logic. So you're going to do the same job in the same building, treating the same patients, treating the same illness, but you don't have to be vaccinated. Other, people, uh, other nurses and, and doctors do, and they're being threatened with their jobs. And I did learn that um, Medical City may not be doing that, but that doesn't mean that Baylor isn't. And Baylor has... Uh, they, ha they absolutely have FEMA workers in there. They absolutely have FEMA workers in JPS. So these things, this is happening. I just, you know, I can't, I cannot believe that we have such a double standard. And then again, the connection, it, it's in full blown, just, you know, it's completely obvious now to me. This isn't about a vaccine. This is about getting the healthcare workers all on contracts with the government setting up for the socialized medicine takeover. So right now, you know, we know that doctors and nurses, whether intentionally or unintentionally or just doing their job, killed thousands of patients by putting them on intubators That's when right. they have treatments available. Now, again, I, I believe that good people get into jobs like being a doctor and a nurse because they do want to help people. The problem is the ethics and the policies have changed from the top down policy of the medical institutions. And I mean, this goes way back when, but I'll just keep it current. You know, these, you know, you can find documents about the ethics, um, medical ethics that were changed in 2019, which is very curious to me again, because what happened in 2019? We all of a sudden in October were told of a Wuhan pandemic. In this ethics um, document, it describes no longer are we in the life saving. Um, we are not about just life saving, but quality of life. And it it also determined that the nurses and the doctors were the sole um, determiners of what that would be. So it gave, this ethics document gave so much power to a doctor, a physician, a medical personnel to decide what the best outcome of life would be. Would it be death? 
this is a very, you know, this is this is some serious stuff. It's here. very Nazi-esque is what it is. Absolutely. I wanted to say it, but, you know, I'm trying to stay. No, go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. It is. It's it's it violate all of this. Everything that we're hearing violates the Nuremberg Code. We had. I, I keep saying we're in Nuremberg 2.0 if we're not careful. Um, and I'll just go through. You know, for nurses and doctors out there, if you're being required by the hospitals to get this vaccine, you have what's called a right of refusal, and it's in accordance with resident rights requirements under 42 CFR. 483.10. And it states that the resident has the right to be free of interference, coercion, discrimination, and reprisal from the facility in exercising his or her rights and to be supported by the facility in the exercise of his or her rights as required under this subpart. And then it goes back into, therefore, facilities cannot take adverse action against a resident or representative who refuses the vaccine, including social isolation, denied visitation, and involuntary just discharge. These, you know, again, we cite the law that protects our freedoms. We don't cite mandates, executive orders, and legal language that does not protect our freedoms. Amen. Because it's, it's what's constitutional, and every law that supports the constitutional right is the right law. But what we have is a law right now. We've got law coming under fear language instead of love language. And what I mean by that is now all of a sudden it's loving to isolate from your neighbor. Well, that's evil. And that is not constitutional. And that's not biblical. The Bible says to assemble. As often as we can with That's other right. believers and fellowship, it also says to greet one another with a holy kiss. You know, I started asking pastors last year about, you know, what do they do with these scriptures? Because they want to talk about we we follow the Bible and these churches have shut down. And I'm going to say it. Shame on you. Come on, sister. Because, preach it. Because we would not have our church. We would not have the Bible. We would not have the gospel If the disciples and the apostles said, oh, you're right, government, I shouldn't speak about Jesus. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Come on, bring it. You know, whether you're a Christian, a Muslim, or a Jew, or or a New Age believer, whoever you are, I want to encourage you that whatever you think about Jesus, go read his words. He gave us the best life to live. He said, no man had authority over us. He said, we had all authority on this earth. When we come into communion with the father, understanding we are created by him for his good purposes. And I know that this can get into, you know, well, why does evil exist? And I can tell you that too, because evil exists outside the love of God and every person has a free will. So if you have been through some things like I've been through, um, abuse and whatever else, you were subjected to a man's free will who did not love God and did not receive God's love. That is why evil exists because good, because a man decides to deny God's love That's right. and therefore does not align his heart with the purposes of God. And when you do not align your heart with the pers- purposes of God over time, what happens? You become deceived and you continue the 
characterization of hurting and sinning. And that hurts people over time. So again, we are, you know, God is a good God, but people have distorted what, what God, who God truly is. Number one, even churches have distorted this. That's right. Again, shame on you because you have a, you, you have a higher position and it says, that if you seek to become a teacher, that's right. You, you are receive going to a stricter judgment more severely. Yep. I, I totally so, agree. I totally agree, Andy. And you know, it, it's amazing to me that uh, that people aren't, but people aren't in the word themselves. And when you call like Muslims and and Jews or whoever, you know, it's not just to to read his word and to see what he says about himself, because he says he's the son of God. There is no other name under heaven. It's not Allah. It's not Muhammad. It's not, uh, you know, pick your your different God as to what you're saying, even the, the God of Judaism, because many of the disciples were were Jews of the day, and they were going calling their fellow Jews, uh, Paul would call his countrymen, uh, who he referred to as Jews, but he would say the true Jew is one circumcised in their heart. He was calling them to repentance. Jesus was even addressing certain Jews, the Pharisees, and said they were of their father, the devil. So right. there, there's a distinction here about that. And I appreciate so much your passion to bring that out. You were talking about laws that they make. You know, our founding fathers had something. Let me bring this up. And I think this is uh, this is pertinent to what you just said about laws they make that are not congruent to the Constitution or the law of God. And <clears throat> this is from the Declaration of Independence. They, they cited King George. They said, he has combined with others to subject us to jurisdiction far to our Constitution and, and by the way, folks, they did have a constitution before the one we're under, just letting you know, and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of what? Pretended legislation or pretended law. And then if you go down a little bit further, he uses that term again, um, and my eyes are failing me, so let me just put this in. Yeah. For transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses. And how are they pretended offenses? Because they're pretended legislation. It sounds to me like, Andy, what I've said many times is if the Fourth Amendment is right there, we have the the right to be secure in our persons, papers, possessions, all of these kinds of things against unwarranted uh, uh, searches and seizures. Then how in the world are they setting up the TSA in every airport to violate that thing millions of times a day? And I spoke with a veteran one time going through Charlotte Airport over here. And I asked him, he says, well, I, I was a veteran. I was in, you know, da, 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 and all this other stuff. And I said, so, and I wasn't going through the, the, the gamma ray machine. I made him go through my stuff so I could talk to him. And he said, well, they tell us that we're not violating the Fourth Amendment because it's administrative. And I said, dude. You took an oath. I ain't even taken an oath. You took an oath to uphold the Constitution. Where in the Fourth Amendment does it say anything about an administrative, you know, caveat that's there? And he goes, well, this isn't a hill to die on. I said, what's a hill to die on? He goes, well, when they come take our guns. And I said, let me tell you something. You may have said you fought for this country, but you don't even know what the law is. I said, you're over here rummaging through my bag illegally under the Constitution. And I tell you what. When they come for your guns, you'll happily hand them over to save your life. And Jesus says, if, you save, if you're looking to save your life, you're going to lose it. And if you lose your life for my sake, what are you going to do? You're going to find it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's overreach in every single um, part of our inst- government, institutions, businesses, everywhere. Um, and I think the only way to stop if there's, and I do believe that we have a way to stop it. It's exposing 
is exposing these things for what they really are and coming back to the truth of how societies truly operate. How is it that we have stayed in order? It's through the law. Law and order always promote peace, but chaos and division always create disorder. That's right. And, And that's exactly where we're at. They are literally, and I've said it before, lock stepping in into disorder and putting groups against each, you know, this group against that group and that group again, we're going to rabbit trail for a second. And I just want to, you know, give part of my testimony here. I am former LGBT. Um, and I, I was one that if I could have transitioned at an early age and all of that, if my parents would have let me, I mean, if that was available, oh, I'm, I'm praise God. It's not. Amen. And it wasn't, Amen. I'm, I mean, praise God. It wasn't available. But I, I've been saved now 18 years. I was the person that was at 11 years old. I'm never going to have children. I don't want that. I want to coach. I want to do art. And I, you know, I already had girlfriends at an early age, you know. And so, unfortunately, that, that stuff um, took root in me at a very young age. And I, I was very deceived until I was, you know, about 22. And, um, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but I, it's funny because I would have never followed Jesus either. I was, Amen. my first prayer was God, I know you're real show up in my life. I will serve you as long as you are. I would, I said, like, if you're Mo- Moses, I will serve you. If you're Muhammad, I'll serve you. If you're, if you're the spaghetti monster, I'll serve you. If you're Buddha, whoever, I will not serve you. If you're Jesus, that was my first prayer because when I worked in the, um, you know, the district where we, we call it down here in Dallas, we call it the neighborhood. And I literally worked down there for about two years. And during that time, I would have Christians come. And as I was waiting tables, you know, they would say things like, you're going to hell, you know, because of your lifestyle and this and that. And I would just argue with them, you know, and say, okay, well, I guess I'll meet you there or whatever. I was very passionate on the other side of this at one point. So I, I feel that I can speak on authority with saying that, you know, God is truly real. And I love Jesus more than ever today, by the way. And I am married to the man who, (laughs) um, his name is Jesse. Jesse is, he's amazing. He's my husband. And, um, we knew each other whenever I was in the lifestyle and we were drinking buddies. He's now 12 years sober. I'll admit I need to, um, (laughs) I need to come to Jesus moment on my uh, drinking. I didn't drink until COVID. (laughs) Well, you know, I I appreciate. Look, I appreciate your testimony there. I'm real, really moved by that. I wasn't expecting it, um, but I'm I'm glad that you are unashamed of the gospel. I'm uh, glad that you're unashamed of the fact that the saving power of that gospel, uh, because Paul tells us that we shouldn't be ashamed because it is the power of God unto salvation. So good for you in that. Now I'm one. I don't. You know, I we're not going to get off on this trail here. I don't see a problem with with having drinks. Uh, the Bible, uh, several places, uh, we talk about taking the tithe and selling it and getting strong drink or wine or whatever your heart desires. If you can't make it to the feast, it talks about giving strong drink to those who are dying. It talks about wine and celebration. The Lord Jesus made wine. He didn't make grape juice, folks. You go look up the word. There's a word there in the Greek for must, which is for that, which is grape juice. And there's a word for fermented 
uh, wine, and that's what he used. That's what he made. And the Bible tells us that one day God is going to serve us a tremendous bounty, and it's going to be wine on the leaves. That's alcoholic wine. So there's no no problem with that. The problem is, is when we become idolaters of it, and we become drunkards. Yeah. We're slurring our speech. We're living for the for the drink. We're we're falling down. We're being lazy. We're not con- doing you know what we should do. But if you feel like you've fallen into that thing, then, yeah, you need to repent of that. There's no question. But I appreciate your testimony on that. And the, I think it's – correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like it's made you passionate for the, towards the law because you see that you were in a lawless lifestyle, which John says sin is transgression of the law. You see you were in a lawless lifestyle, and you, your need of repentance um, to turn from that and turn to Christ. Uh, you want to elaborate on that a little more? Sure. Um, it was really the the way that, you know, the culture, everything brings you up and, and you're imprinted, as my, my good friend Ann Dillard would say, you're imprinted with things over time. And we become imprinted with our culture, our parents, our the teaching, everything that we're exposed to. And so I would say it this way that Whoop, we've lost your sound. I think you hit the mute button there. Hang on just a second. Andy, if you can hear me. Hello, hello. Andy, you're you're muted. And, okay, uh, you, we lost you there for a second. You want to repeat what God, you're saying? In the one way God could reach my heart was, Andy, give your sexuality to me and look at women as your sisters and men as your brothers. And for about two years, that's the kind of journey that, I took a purity journey and God showed me who I was through reading the word, renewing my mind, gave me my identity in Christ. Um, and it was, it was hard in the beginning. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, everything that you do in the beginning that's worth anything is, is challenging. I mean, I'll just relate this to working out, you know, your mind exercises are the same as like, if you're going to go work out, you can't start running eight miles if you've never run a mile, you know? Um, so you just start with little victories and that's what I did. I was like, okay, I have victory right now. I have victory over this right now. Even if I only had a day, it was a day of victory the next day, the next day, you know, and, and that's how I became over time. And then God gave, released me to have a desire for a husband. And now I have a husband and three beautiful children, um, 10, six and four years old in a homeschool. And I mean, God is good. And I just want to say, if you are LGBT or any, or you're struggling with anything, that if you allow God to renew your mind, here's the thing. All you need is time because we all change. Whenever I was a young kid, I just, I mean, you know, I thought I wanted to do this or that or whatever. And you have the same story. When you were three years old, you wanted to be an astronaut. Most of you didn't become astronauts, right? So that means that you have the ability to change. You have the ability to adapt. And it's the same with the sexual sin. I mean, if you, but if, but if you don't understand that sexual sin, I would ask you to, you know, I always say this way, give your life to Jesus. If you don't like Jesus, then the devil will always take you back. It's plain and simple. I'm, I am very blessed um, that the Lord has chased me down with his good grace, just like he will with anybody else. I'm not, um, you know, Jesus said, he, I mean, God said he's not a respecter of person. That's right. I'm not special. I'm not special. I just decided to be a little more open-minded. And, um, and that was what I would encourage other people. If, if you're struggling with certain 
areas of your life and identity, then um, be open-minded. Be open-minded to anything. Anything is possible. It truly is. Um, if you only believe, and that is the thing, you believe. If you only believe. If there's doubt, then you open the door for unbelief. And unbelief is the way that God cannot operate. So that's something that Jesus taught us really well, that the only thing that will hinder our faith is unbelief and yep. doubt. That's right. Andy, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here and you don't see me because we got the screen on you, but I'm just smiling uh, because I love your testimony. I love that there's praise. T- I love that there's praise towards God for changing your life. He delivered you from destruction. I don't look at it as a thing of hell. Hell's the end. That's that's the wrath of God. But people are already under the wrath of God. Jesus says if they don't believe. I was one of those. Right. I mean, I lived I was a, one of those. Yeah, I lived I lived a lifestyle that was contrary to what God had called. And I I'm a preacher's kid, so you know they're the worst, right? I mean, most of them. But I, I want to throw something in here cuz I'm a I'm a reformed guy. You know, we don't go seeking God. There is no there is no seeker of God. Uh, Romans 3 tells us that. None that seek after him. And yet God is always seeking out his people whom Christ died for. Because Christ didn't mm-hmm. die for every single individual or all those people who are in hell all those years would have been brought out. He died for his people. And you know what? You and I are nothing. We're really nothing, but our Father is everything, and He's made us children of the King. I mean, that's a pretty incredible thing, Ephesians 1, where He's adopted us, and I'm adopted too. Uh, I'm a bastard son. My my parents were not married. I don't know anything about them. I was adopted when I was like two months old, and uh, and God put me in the family that I'm in. My People ask me, why don't you want to see your family and this, that, and the other, or see your mom and dad? And I said, these are my mom and dad. They're the ones who've been caring for me and loving me all my life. They've made me their heirs. They've never treated me as though I didn't come from their own body, even though later on down the road they had brothers and sisters. So, man, I, I was not expecting your testimony, but I am so glad that you shared it. And I know there's a lot of people who will be in the chat who will be, you know, amen and praising the Lord over that. And so I'm glad you shared that with us. You got about 30 seconds here. Do you got a final word you want to leave people with uh, as we close out the show? Um, yes, actually, and it's not. <laughs> and I couldn't hear you for part of that, uh, so I'm I'm sorry. My phone uh, cut out while you were speaking for the, probably the last 10, 10 to 15 seconds. I'm sorry about that. Um, I don't know if this is going to be off, off topic since I didn't hear that last 10 or 15 seconds. Yeah, we got about 10 but what seconds. What I want to leave people. And what I want to leave people with is a book called What Really Makes You Ill. Why everything you thought you knew about disease is wrong. Amen. Well, I think I think Kate Shimarani has mentioned that too. Uh, Andy, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. God bless you. And guys, we'll be back with you 6 a.m. on Tuesday. See ya. <laughs>